him some praise tonight. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Blessed be your name, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for all you've done. Come to worship you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Man, doesn't that just change things when the music starts playing and the saints of God start singing? Amen. Everything shifts and we get to focus on God. Amen. And no matter what's going on in this world out there, we got God in our side. Amen. Amen. And he is for us. Who can be against us if God is for us? Amen. Amen. It's so good to uh, see everyone here tonight to worship together. Amen. As the body of Christ comes together. Amen. As the, when the body comes, the head is going to be here. And Jesus is the head, right? Amen. So we want to have his way tonight. Amen. As our ushers come, we want to uh, remember uh, this coming Saturday is uh, the prayer walk, family prayer walk downtown Centennial Park. Amen. And so uh, uh, 10 a.m., that's what time? Eight. Eight. Somebody just lost two hours. 8 a.m. Um, and, and so uh, be there downtown Fort Myers under the bridge do a prayer walk around the city. Amen. We're Amen. We're believing God uh, for revival in the city. Amen. Amen. And then how many believe in the power of prayer? Amen. We pray because we know it works and God hears our prayers. And so we are uh, going to lift up, uh, amen, the needs of the city. Amen. And so as we uh, pray for this offering, we're going to pray for the needs, uh, your needs, our needs, the church's needs. Amen. We all bring them up before the Lord together. Let's do that right now. Lord Jesus, God, we thank you, Lord, for this time, this opportunity, Lord, for your grace and mercy, Lord, that's allowed us to be here tonight. God, we ask you, Lord, that you touch every single need, God, those that are spoken and unspoken, Lord. You know every situation, God. We plead the blood of Jesus over every mind, every heart, every body. We ask you, Lord, bless this offering to multiply for your kingdom. Lord, we give you the praise and glory in Jesus' precious name that we pray. Amen, amen. Let's continue to worship as we come and give unto the Lord. Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. As we are staying, we can go word of the Lord tonight. Uh, Joshua, the third chapter. Um, continuing our, the series of crossing over. 
We are in part three. Joshua 3.1, And Joshua rose early in the morning, and they removed from Shittim and came to Jordan. He dwell and all the children of Israel lodged there before they passed over. And it came to pass after three days that the officers went through the host. They commanded the people, saying, When ye see the ark of the covenant of the Lord your God and the priests, the Levites, bearing it, then ye shall remove from your place and go after it. Yet there shall be a space between you and it, and to about 2,000 cubits by measure. Come not near unto it, that ye may know the way by which ye must go. For ye have not passed this way heretofore. And Joshua said unto the people, Sanctify yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. Amen. Uh, turn to a few people and greet them in the name of the Lord as you're seated tonight. Right, we've been we've been tracking the the nation of Israel in this series as they have uh, been camped at the banks of the Jordan River for the second time in their history, uh, but this time that they're actually preparing to cross over into the Promised Land with the intentions of possessing the land and fighting for the promises of God as that is what uh, to tread upon means. Not just You're not just going to walk around, but you're going to tread, you're going to march, you're going to be willing with the intention to fight for the promises of God and for the land and the territory that God had promised to give them. And our last, uh, our last lesson, we, we watched Joshua send uh, two spies into the land, and they ended up in Jericho in the home of Rahab the harlot, and she not only helped save their life, but also gave them a report that was more precious than gold, Uh, because remember what she said, she said that everyone in the land is afraid and terrified of the nation of Israel. Uh, Because of what they had heard that their God had done for them, she said there remains no courage in any fighting man in the land. And what an invading army would love to hear most is that there's no courage in any of the men that are there. And so that was an amazing report. Uh, But the truth is, is that they've been that way for some 40 years because when they first heard the reports, 40 years earlier when God split the Red Sea, that's when I think the terror struck their hearts uh, when they came through the first time. And so, and yet all that time, Israel could not believe that God could go and fight for them. That The ungodly had more faith and fear in Jehovah than Israel did. Uh, that says something about the faith that Israel had at that time. And so this harlot Rahab had more faith than Israel did the previous generation. And, and we talked about how God rewarded her faith and her sacrifice. She ended up being King David's great-grandmother. Uh, it's amazing how God can work things out, isn't it? 
we don't know who is out there in the city of Fort Myers that has yet to be reached, yet to believe, and yet to be baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the Holy Ghost. But if we are willing to tread, if we are willing to march, and if we are willing to fight, uh, God will fight for us, and he will send his angel to go before us and cause the fear to fall on the enemies of God. And so all that God needs for us to do is to take that step of faith and to step out and believe that God can do anything and to follow the leading of his spirit and watch God do the rest. Amen. Sometimes we can be too worried about what the world might think of us or what their opinions are. Well, of course, uh, uh, ungodly people are not going to line up with the people of God. They don't share the same values and uh, their lifestyles are completely different. But we shouldn't let someone who knows very little or, or nothing uh, about God and his word, we shouldn't let their thoughts and their opinions hold us captive uh, from preventing us from doing what God wants to do. I mean, we, you know, the fear of talking to others, we, it, it's there, but we shouldn't allow uh, the opinions and ideas of other people to prevent us from doing what God wants us to do. We just need to follow God, and he'll, he'll work out their hearts. He'll go before us, and he'll already have their hearts ready. Uh, and those that are hungry, uh, God will lead his people to them, and it'll just be a, a, a right time uh, that God has ordained. And so those are the times, those are the things that, uh, work out beautifully. Why? Because God is in control, right? Amen. As long as we're willing to follow him and his voice and his spirit, amen, God can lead us to do anything and to speak to anybody, speak to speak a word of faith or, or an encouragement to somebody. You never know, but we just got to be that willing vessel. Amen. Amen. And so, so the two spies came back and they gave the good news to Joshua but Joshua already knew the good news because uh, he was there 40 years ago, and he was the one that gave the good report 40 years earlier. And so Joshua and Caleb, they've been waiting to go back in. Uh, the Lord spared them because they were uh, obviously on his side, uh, and so they do get to go back into the land. Uh, and so in Joshua 1 in our text, Joshua rose up early in the morning. They removed uh, from Shittim to go to, to Jordan. Him and all the nation of Israel. And um, uh, after three days, the officers went through the host and commanded the people, saying, When you see the Ark of the Covenant, your God, the priest bearing it, then you shall remove from your place and go after it. And so they're getting ready to transition. And the, the key, the key uh, indicator was once you see the Ark and the priest start moving, that's when you pack your things up because that's when we're moving. Uh, and so in verse 5, Joshua said unto the people, Sanctify yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. And so the people of Israel were at the right place. They're at the Jordan, banks of the Jordan River. They had the right mindset. They, all of that unbelief and all of that fear had died out in the previous generation. And so this generation was ready to go forward into the promises of God. And they, they got a good report uh, of the land, that everything was ready for them just to go and invade. And so they were ready to go over, but they had one more thing to do. They had to sanctify themselves. 
They had to cleanse themselves, uh, not just physically cleanse themselves, uh, not just to bathe, but they were to examine their life, examine their heart, examine their home, and remove anything and everything that God would be displeased with. And that is to clean out their life because uh, God is coming in their midst. Uh, because how can you have a holy God come down into your situation and, and fight for you if you are filthy and you are unclean? Or there are unclean things in your home. And how can you have a holy God go before you and, and make a way for you? Uh, the, the way that would be prepared is paved with holiness and righteousness because that's who God is. And if he's going before you, that's the, the way that the road has been made. Uh, and so the only way that you're going to know where to go and how to follow is if you yourself are clothed in righteousness and in holiness as well. Uh, because that's the way that is, is being paved. And so a, a, an unclean or, or filthy person is not really going to know where to go or which way to walk uh, down that path of holiness. And they, they'll end up in some other way, down some other road, some ditch or something or, or whatever. But because the way of God and of the Spirit uh, is, is the way of holiness and righteousness. And you, you're only going to know that path if you live according to righteousness and holiness because everything lines up. And so uh, the way that I see it is the way of God and, and the way of the Spirit is, is like drawing a map with invisible ink. You guys know what I'm talking about, invisible ink. That stuff's cool. Uh, you need a special light in order to see it. I mean, I'm 39 years old, and I, I, I'm still, I'll still play with that stuff. That's cool. Uh, and so it's something that you can't see with your natural eye. You have to have a special light in order to see that, that ink. And so there can be so much knowledge, so much information right there in front of your eyes, but you can't see anything. You need that light in order to see it. A light that is available and accessible to anybody, you can go to the Dollar Tree and, and, and buy a, a light that can help you see this, this thing. And so you just got to go out and get it. But, but everyone nowadays has access to those kind of lights. And so it's just like the Word of God. It is everywhere. It is accessible to everybody but only those who pick it up and use it will be able to see the things that God has laid out before them in front of their lives, in front of their, their, their feet, and plan out their whole lives. But if you never open it up and you never read it and you never understand it, you're not going to see what God is trying to do in your life and through you. We'll only be able to see things uh, with the natural eye, but the things of God are not uh, clearly seen with uh, the natural eye. They're uh, invisible and things uh, of faith. Uh, and so we know that Jesus, Jesus is that light. John 8 and 12, Jen spake Jesus unto them, saying, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall 
have the light of life. And so if you have Jesus, you're going to have a light available to you that helps you to see uh, the road to take, the pathway to go uh, in this dark world. And so if you don't have Jesus or you don't believe in him, then you're blinded and you can't see uh, the way that God has prepared. Uh, we see in John 1 and 1, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. And there was a man that was sent from God whose name was John. The same came for a witness to bear witness of that light that all men through him might believe. And he was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. That was the true light which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. And so uh, I believe that every person that has ever born, been born, there's a light that God shines towards their direction, and it's up to them to respond to that light, respond to the truth that God is trying to send to them. Uh, and so everyone is going to be without excuse because uh, the light, the true light, lighteth every man that cometh into the world. And so he was in the world, and the world was made by him, and the world knew him not. He came unto his own, his own received him not. But as many as received him, received Jesus, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. And so those that receive Jesus Christ, those that receive his spirit, to them he gives them power. Power to see things and uh, see things through faith and through the Spirit of God and power to become the sons of God and, and to walk in the paths that God has ordered. We, we can't walk by the Spirit unless we have the Spirit. Uh, we, we can't walk in the paths of righteousness unless we have righteousness imputed unto us. Because our righteousness, as the Bible declares, is as filthy rags. Our, our righteousness, the very best that you and I can ever do in our life, is, is unworthy. It's, it's unable to shine light upon the path. We need true righteousness, uh, and we need that true light, and that only comes from Jesus Christ. And when we surrender our lives and give our heart to him, then he clothes us with his righteousness, and he fills us with his spirit. Then all of a sudden, we can start to see things that we could not see with our natural eye, all because uh, we got a hold of that light that shines to all men. Uh, and so God is telling Joshua, that I am going to go before you and make a way. And if Israel is going to follow after this holy God, then they've got to be cleansed so that the light of God uh, will reflect off of them and illuminate their, illuminate their ways. Uh, obviously not their, their natural ways, but just uh, symbolically illuminate their ways. We are called to be the light of the world, are we not? However, we have to understand that we are not the source of the light. We already read that Jesus alone is the light, 
And so the only way that we can be the light of the world is if we are a reflector. If we are a reflector, a, a mirror will beam a, a light right into your eyeball. But the mirror is not the source. It's just, it just reflects it. Now, if you take that same little mirror and you throw, it, uh, throw some mud on it and let it dry and get it splotchy and, and patches of film all over it, what kind of reflective power is that mirror going to have? It's not going to reflect anything because it's all filthy and dirty and light can't uh, bounce off it and reflect off it. So the, the cleaner the mirror, the brighter the light is going to be uh, into your light. But, but the mirror would need to go through a cleansing process, a purification process to, uh, to remove the filth and the, the grime and, and all that stuff. Uh, and, and so to sanctify literally means to clean, to cleanse. And so that is what Joshua told Israel to do in verse 3 of Joshua 3, 5. Joshua said to the people, sanctify yourselves, cleanse yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. And so he, he's saying, hey, guys, the, the, light, the light is coming tomorrow. The light is coming amongst us tomorrow, and if you want to know which way to go, you had better sanctify yourselves. You, you had better cleanse yourselves, not just physically but, and ceremonially, uh, but you need to cleanse your heart and your mind, get rid of all the junk. Otherwise, how will you know which way to go? Because if the light is coming, it's going to reflect uh, light into our lives, into our paths, we want to make sure that we reflect it well. That way we can see where God is wanting to lead us. Uh, and so an unsanctified person is going to be blind to the ways of God. They're not going to be able to see it because they're just they're dirty, they're filthy, and they need to be cleansed and repent of their sins and all these things that we, uh, that we go through uh, to stay cleansed and uh, stay sanctified in the eyes of God. Uh, and so Israel is about to step into a new realm, a new dimension in their life. And uh, I would think that one would not want to go into a new area, a new arena, a new territory. You would not want to go in there blind. Uh, you, you don't want to go in there blind. And that would be like uh, you would like a, a light shining that goes before you because you've never been there before. You go to uh, 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 some woods that you've never been in before, you want light. And you probably want light anyways if you're in the woods. But if you've been there many times, you won't necessarily need a light. You'll know where to go. But if you're going to a new area, you want, uh, you want some light shining on your path so you know where to go. Especially if it is a hostile territory. If it's not a friendly place, you want light and you want other things. But they're in here in the land that the Israelites are getting ready to go into. It's not their land. Uh, it's, it is in God's eyes. God has given to them. But there are people that are already living there. Uh, the Canaanites and the Hittites and all the uh, mosquito bites and all those ites are there. And so if you don't get rid of them, they're going to keep coming after you. Uh, and so the enemies of God are living in the land. Uh, and so you are the people of God. And so now that kind of seems like a, a recipe for things to go wrong really fast. So they could go wrong. 
enemies of God, and here come the people of God. Not a good mix. Uh, but if God is leading you, he knows where all the booby traps are. He knows where all the snares are. He knows where the pits are. He knows where the landmines are. He knows where all the bad things are. And so if God is going to lead you, he's not going to lead you. He's going to lead you around all of those things. But his light has to illuminate and shine the, uh, in, in front of your path. In order for that to, to happen, we have to sanctify ourselves. Israel has to sanctify themselves so that that light kind of uh, reflects there. But if you're not following him, then really you're kind of on your own, wandering blind in an unknown land. That's not a good recipe. And, and so who is the one Israelite that did not sanctify himself? He may have done it externally, but there is evidence that he did not sanctify his heart. Anybody remember the guy named Achan? Achan, they were getting ready. Jericho is the first city they go into after they cross over. Before they cross, Joshua said, you guys sanctify yourself. Get ready. God's going to be leading us. Uh, and so you remember what Achan did after the fall of Jericho. He decided to slip 200 shekels of silver and a chunk of gold into his pocket. Had to have some big pockets, but, hey, people find a way, right? 200 pieces of silver uh, and a chunk of gold. Uh, they, they can hide that. So had he sanctified his heart, he would have saw that silver and gold and said, God said not to take it, so I'm not going to take it. But yet there was something in his heart that he did not get out. Greed, lust, desire. Uh, uh, if he had purged his heart of the greed and lust, this temptation would not have been there, would not have been very strong. But we know that Achan's heart wasn't cleansed. He wasn't uh, sanctified. He wasn't prepared because the word of the Lord went forth and said, don't, don't, don't grab anything, no spoils. But yet uh, Achan did not listen to that. And so there was a disconnect between him and the word of God. And anytime there's a disconnect between us and the word of God, there's something in the way, something that's blocking us from that. And uh, we, we see that Achan did it. He took it and he paid the price for it uh, because he did not uh, adhere to the word of God at least twice. As he, clearly he didn't sanctify himself like he should have, and obviously the, when the word came later, he did not obey that. But nobody said that sanctifying yourself is a pleasant thing. It's, it's, uh, it's not a pleasant thing. Why? It's because it's like repentance. It's us uh, laying uh, ourselves down and uh, dying out to this flesh and carnal desires in order to be cleansed and set apart for God's purpose. We have to surrender our purpose in order for God's purpose to be done. We have to surrender our ways and our kingdom in order for God's ways and his kingdom to come in, in and through our life. And, 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 and a lot of times we don't really want to do that because we, we just, we're just want to do what we want to do. And, but to sanctify ourselves, we have to die out to that. And it's it's not just a, a, a one-time thing, is it? It's a, a continual, lifelong process of sanctification, of, of this constant cleansing, of letting God purify ourselves. 
But the problem that people can have is, is when they've maybe been in this for a while, uh, they can tend to think that uh, God's purging work is done. And I've been in this for a while, and, you know, God's cleaned me up a lot, and we're really something now, and look at me glisten and glow for God, and look how far God has brought me, and uh, I thank God that I'm not like this person or like that person. You know who had that mindset was, was the Pharisees. The Pharisees had that mindset. They're praying, praying, oh, thank God, thank God I'm not like this, this publican or sinner over here. Um, and, and this is what Jesus, uh, he couldn't stand the Pharisees. This is what he said to them in Matthew 23. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you make clean the outside of the cup and of the platter, but within... You are full of extortion and excess. You see, the Pharisees thought they were sanctified. They, they took care of the outside, the, the visible part that everyone saw. They made sure that was all cleansed and, and sanctified. Uh, but Jesus called them out because he says the inside is not sanctified. Uh, Thou blind Pharisee, cleanse first that which is within the cup and the platter, and the outside of them may be clean also. Woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for ye are like the whitened sepulchres, which indeed appear beautiful outward, but are within full of dead man's bones and of all uncleanliness. Even so, ye also outwardly appear righteous unto men, but within ye are full of hypocrisy and iniquity. Uh, and so uh, we, we know where, where God has brought us from, but uh, thinking that we've arrived at some place, uh, that's uh, error in thinking because we know and we understand that God is not done with us, that it is a lifelong process of sanctification. doesn't matter how long we've been in this, there are still things that God is still trying to work in us and cleanse us and purify us. Uh, and so he, he still needs to sanctify us. He can see things that I cannot see. We, we tend, the Pharisees thought, well, everything I see looks good. Well, you, we can't see our hearts. Our, our hearts are uh, deceitful and desperately wicked. Only God can see those things. But if we're, if we're not going to surrender ourselves, then uh, those things will go untouched and they just get worse. Uh, and, and so God sees things in our life that he wants to get rid of. And uh, he many ways of, of getting our attention to help purge us of these things. Um, but we have to be willing to submit to the process uh, because we have to trust that God knows what he's doing and that he sees something in us that we cannot see. And if we want to be sanctified and cleansed and be close to God, we have to allow this to happen. Uh, just talk to uh, Job, who the Bible declares was a righteous man. Uh, wasn't like anyone else. He he lived a godly life. I mean, there uh, there was none more righteous than Job, I and mean, he was an upstanding man. Yet he was still going through sanctification in his age. We know the famous saying in Job twenty three and eight: "Behold, I go forward; he is not there; backward, I cannot perceive him." On the left hand where he doth work, but I cannot behold him. He hideth himself on the right hand that I cannot see him. But he knoweth the way that I take. When he has tried me, I shall come forth as gold. And so gold has to be heated, has to be put in the fire, in the furnace. 
in order for all the impurities to be burned out of it. And so that is a, a pure gold that it can be a, a reflection can be seen in the in the in the, in the pure gold uh, state. And so Job understood what was going on. Even though he was a righteous man, a godly man, he still knew that there still must be a purging that needs to be taking place in my heart. We're never, we never get to the point where we're beyond sanctification. We're, we're beyond God cleansing us and, and purging us and, and taking us through the, the furnace and the fire and the, and the hard times in life because that brings out the things in us that uh, need to be removed and need to be worked on. And when Job said, when God is done, putting me through the fire, I will come forth as gold. Purification right there. And that's okay because the better reflection from me when I'm more purified and more sanctified. The closer that I am to him uh, is when I get more purified and more cleansed. The, the more of his glory and more of his light that shines through me into this world is when we go through the sanctification process and say, God, clean me, cleanse me, cleanse me up and help remove any impurities in my heart or seeds of, of the flesh and uh, lust and all these things that uh, can, can dirty our mirror and, and prevent uh, the full reflection of God's glory from shining through us. But submitting to, to sanctification helps remove those things in our life. Musician of you would come. 2 Corinthians 4 and 7 says, But we have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. How much, sancti how much sanctifying does it take to get an earthen vessel to be able to reflect light? You go and take one of those terra, terra pot clots, pots, whatever, the, the clay pots. That's an earthen vessel right there. You take that home and, and you polish that up until it reflects light. That takes a lot of work. And we, we're, we're from the dust of this world, right? We're, we're made from the dust of the ground, and, and we have this treasure in earthen vessels. And so we have this, this source of light that is inside of us, that is uh, brighter and purer than the, the, the light from the sun. It's from his spirit, from the, from the, the spirit of God. Uh, and so we have that treasure inside of us. Uh, and so what the sanctification process is, is the polishing and the purifying to help help polish this earthen vessel to get it to be able to reflect what is on the inside. And that, my friends, takes a lifetime of work to work on that earthen vessel. It can't be done in one setting. can't be done in one service in one moment. But you can take a step in a service. You can take a step towards God. And draw closer to him than you were yesterday. And, and that is the process uh, that we are all in. Uh, drawing closer to God. Constantly drawing closer to God. With each step that we take. With each day that we live. With each service that we go to. We are uh, drawing closer to God. And uh, the next step that we take. The closer we get to his glory and his, his light. And the, the pow more powerful it is and the, 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 
the, the brighter it shines on us, and then the more we can see, wow, I'm, I'm a mess. I'm a wretched man. Oh, woe is me, you know. Uh, each step you take, you get closer to God, the more you realize how unworthy you are. And that is uh, sanctification helps uh, the cleansing of us and preparing us to draw closer to him. And uh, we prepare ourselves for his presence as the nation of Israel did, as Joshua said, to sanctify yourselves. For tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. The other purpose for sanctifying ourselves, uh, not only so that the glory of God will reflect through us, is so that we can be separate from this world and be identified with what side that we are on. Because as you know, there are only two sides, good and evil, righteous, unrighteousness. Uh, and so the righteous are the sanctified the, the called out ones to come out from among the world and, and be separate and touch not the unclean thing and, and I will receive you. Uh, and so we are sanctified so that we can draw closer to God and so that we can stand out in this world to be identified with what side that we are on. If the world cannot tell that there's something different about us, and what does that say? If we can blend in that well with the world around us, what does that say about us? That means this earthen vessel needs to be sanctified even more. Uh, not just the way we dress and how we appear, but in our manner of speech, the way we talk, the way we walk, the, the words that we say. Someone who is sanctified and anointed by God will by default stand out from this world. You're going to stand out because God is so different than what is going on in this world. He is so pure and his spirit is so pure and righteous and holy uh, that just by default you're going to stand out if you have the spirit of Christ inside of us. And so uh, it's so dark and full of evil that a person of light is going to beam everywhere they go. Philippians 2 2.12, wherefore, my beloved, as ye have uh, also uh, always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. Do all things without murmurings and disputings. That... You may be blameless and harmless, the sons of God, without rebuke, in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation, among whom you shine as the light in this world. And so we have to make sure, constantly checking ourselves, checking our vessel. And doing things for the Lord without murmurings and disputings and uh, that we are blameless and, and, and without uh, uh, sin and without filthiness. Why? Because we are the sons and daughters of God in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation. And yet we are called to be the light in this dark world. And so we are called to reflect the God's glory uh, and it's not for us, it's for others that they would see something in us. If you stand with me tonight, 
We may not like the trajectory of this world. We may not like the way that it's going, the direction that it's heading in. But we have to realize that this world does not live their life according to the Word of God. They don't live, they're not waking up every day and saying, how can I serve God today? How can I live for God today? They may not even know who He is. The world lives for themselves. They're not interested in God, His ways. They're not interested in His sanctification process, in the cleansing and the purifying and becoming a living sacrifice and climbing upon the altar every day and saying, God, uh, burn out of me everything that is unclean. But I have to believe that as a part of God's end time plan, that the reason that the latter day reign was going to be so great is because the world will be so dark, so dark and full of evil and wickedness, and that the people of God, that the anointed and called out ones will shine so ever so bright in this dark world. That will be drawing souls to Jesus in the final hour. Because a, a city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. He cannot hide it. And in, as, as dark as this world is and it's getting darker by the day, the people of God are going to be standing out brighter and louder and stronger than ever before just by default because we are people of light, we're children of light, and we live in a dark world. And so it's on us to make sure that our mirrors are polished and cleaned. It's, it's on us to make sure we uh, inspect ourselves and say, God, get rid of the, any filthiness, any spots, any blemishes uh, that would prevent your light and your glory from shining through me uh, to reach somebody else in this world because it's, it's not about us. It's about reaching others. We were drawn here because of a light that we saw, not physically, but spiritually. Somebody was living a righteous life that enabled us to be uh, to, to be led here. We're drawn by the Spirit of God, but we have to uh, we have to see a, a light. We have to see something, and so uh, the light that is inside of us is not for us to make us glow like a light bulb. It's it's to shine in this dark world. So that those that are blinded, those that are lost, those that are hurting and stumbling can look up and they can see something. That they can see a glimpse of hope, a glimmer of some kind of glory that is a light that is not from this world. And they can say, uh, there's some hope that I can go to. And, and we are that people. We are called to come out from among them and be separate so that we can draw, help draw others to him. And so what the people of God are to do is to sanctify ourselves. And we sacrifice what we want so that God can do what he wants. And he desires that none should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Well, how are they going to know where to go? There's got to be a light shining somewhere, a lighthouse that is shining 
uh, in this dark world. And, and that light here in Fort Myers is you and I. We are called to be the light here. And, and so we need to make sure we are examining ourselves, uh, examining our lives, our homes, our families, uh, our lifestyle, to make sure there's nothing there that God is displeased with that would be a hindrance to God's will being done in this place. And so uh, we are all called to the kingdom of God for such a time as this. And God has a plan and a purpose for each and every one of us. And I want to make sure I'm fulfilling what God wants me to do, right? I want to walk where God wants me to go. I want his light to shine before me in this dark world. And the way we do that is to sacrifice and sanctify ourselves. Let's worship him tonight. Let's lift up the name of Jesus and thank him for his righteousness, his glory, his light in our lives. Hallelujah, Jesus. Help us, Lord. Draw closer to you. Never let me to be more like you, Jesus. I lay it all oh, yes, down Jesus. again. Just to hear you say that I'm your and you are my desire. No one else will do. No one else will do. Nothing else can take your place. Nothing else can take your place. Oh, to feel the warmth. To feel the warmth of your. Oh, and help me find the way. Help me find the way.
worship him one more time tonight. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for your love, for your grace and your mercy, Lord, for all that you've done for us, for bringing us this far, God. But we know, Lord, that you are taking us further, God. We want to go with you and walk according to your steps. Hallelujah. Help us, Lord, to cleanse ourselves so your light and your glory will shine through us. We thank you. We give you the praise. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you all. Thank you for coming tonight. Let's go and be the world, be the light to this world. Amen. Be a reflection of God in this dark world. In Jesus' name.